All right. So this is the bi-week episode of Just in the Nick of Time, which is uh taking place right before a game. So this wasn't recorded during the bye week. This is during a game week. It's it's complicated, but this is what we had planned to talk about on the first bye week of the year. Touchdown New Mexico State, good for them. Up oh, your stream's ahead of mine again. Sorry. It's Nick. So, <laughs> so we had this conversation tabled in the offseason for when it was the big news in college football until the football actually happened and became news. A realignment. Uh, yeah. So what you're going to want to do is actually avoid chiropractors because they are a waste of time and money and they don't uh, help you feel better. So that's our conversation on realignment. And we can move on now, right, Justin? <laughs> God damn it. The I would say that's, they're so sketchy, man. I don't trust none of that. Oh, oh my God. Maybe that's what I'll do today. I'll tell my chiropractor story. Ooh. Is, the, is that segment two? The chiropractor story? We're a little loose today, folks, but we feel like we provide better content when we're keeping it loose. Those cheerleaders look very sad for a team that just scored. That's so funny. It must be so hot there or something. Oh, I believe it's miserable. Like, there's a reason nobody lives there. That's because it's a desert. It's a beautiful desert. Like, as it's desert, gorgeous. Mexico Desert is one of my favorite deserts. It's right behind, like... Top five states, deserts. Like, states that have deserts? Just, I said deserts in general. Top five. Utah, New Mexico, Arizona, Colorado. Who am I forgetting? I guess, like, Nevada has desert that I've been to. Nevada's desert is great. That is the most desolate part of the United States. Like, there will be, like, 500 miles with 500 people total in it. I'm a Nevada desert hater. What? You ranked them number one. No, 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 no. That was number five. Oh, you went one to five? Who goes one to five? Yeah, well, oh, okay. I, I, because I was thinking about the order I liked them in. Oh, okay, okay. New Mexico has the best desert. Or no, Utah, New Mexico, Arizona. Those are the three best, and they're pretty close together. I would say Utah and New Mexico. New Mexico, like the white sand in New Mexico is like beautiful, especially at night. Yeah. New Mexico is one of the best night states. Land of Not enchantment. I- Damn, is that there? Do you know all of the state mottos? Uh, their nicknames, mottos are different. But per, I'm pretty sure I do. Kansas. Kansas? Yeah. Sunflower State. boy, I, I knew that one. What's California? Golden State. You know. Oh, oh, that makes sense. I would have assumed it was the, like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> like the basketball yeah. team? They didn't get that name from nowhere? <laughs> See, and I, honestly, I thought they just had, like, an impeccable marketing department. Oh, uh, which you need if you're going to leave Oakland, paging yeah. John Fishman. Uh, anyway. Speaking of things moving to places, uh, killing sports forever. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Really? So, so last summer, the Big Ten added USC and UCLA. 
and the, the the next shoe to drop, the question that was on everybody's mind is, what happens to the rest of the Pac-12? The popular idea at the time was everyone else just kind of sticks together for a year or two, and then the next wave starts. Maybe the Pac-12 goes to San Diego State or SMU or H- or Memphis or whatever, Tulane, whatever the biggest markets left out there are to try to keep itself afloat and get some of that money that they would have lost by the uh, LA schools leaving back. And then this offseason, that question was answered immediately, not immediately, but mid-offseason, it's going to (laughs) die. We're not even going to pretend anymore. There's going to be no transition season like what's happening in the Big 12 this year. It's just going 0 to 100. And that means the move that started this off is, in my opinion, like, the rare conference realignment move I like, which was Colorado to the Big 12. I feel like that's its spiritual home, given that now five of the eight Big 8 schools are in the same league again. That is a very good thing. And then Oregon and Washington went to the Big 10. And then Arizona schools and Utah went with Colorado to the Big 12. So the Big 12, I... Their panic ads of the group of five schools uh, were a bit premature, but now UCF Arizona State's a conference game, so good job, everybody. And then, most bafflingly, Cal, Stanford, and SMU to the ACC. Because I think it's interesting the ACC uh, wanted to make a move. I think that's probably the most interesting part in all of that. Because, yeah. The... Because the Big 12 undoubtedly came out ahead when it was, when the question was after Oklahoma and Texas left, is the Big 12 going to survive this? And there was like sort of a loose idea of a merger between the Big 12 and Pac-12 after uh, the Calif- the LA schools left for the Big 10. But for a while there, it looked like the Big 12 was going to be in the worst shape because the Pac-12 would still have Oregon and Washington and Utah and just be a very deep league like it is every year. Like USC hasn't won that thing in forever and ditto for UCLA even longer for them. Can I chime in here quickly? Yes. I would say that, so, so I have a slightly different perspective on all of these things because Justin's absorbing it from a Nebraska perspective and I was absorbing it from a, West Coast perspective, and particularly a kind of Bay Area adjacent perspective. And so Cal and Stanford were the biggest things that I was talking to people about. But hearing about the Pac-12, um, the vast majority of people who I talked to out here were, like, vaguely excited for the Pac-12 to end. Uh, like, did not think, which is crazy, because it's been a phenomenal conference in its final season. Like, it is getting the send-off. It very well deserves. And I was excited about Pac-12 football because coming from home, I watched a lot of Pac-12. This is going to be weird, but I watched more Pac-12 games before I moved to the Pacific Coast because they were on later. Um, And and the whole Pac-12 after dark action. And so, how do I say this? I didn't hear a lot of, oh, we are so sad. I heard a lot of specific schools being like, 
oh, we're we're definitely out of here. And so I heard Oregon and Washington as a foregone conclusion, I think, before you did. And I think if you went back and looked through our texts, I was very much like, you were like, whoa, Oregon and Washington moved. And I was like, I have been... I've been hearing from people for a week that this was the likely outcome from like regular Pac-12 friends. So I think it came as a shock to the nation, but less so to people more plugged in in Pac-12 football. Yeah. And one interesting thing that we can sort of get to as we talk about the scheduling aspect of this thing is that one thing I was sort of hearing was that USC and UCLA did not want Oregon and Washington in the Big Ten because they did not want those schools to have games in Los Angeles so they can recruit that area of the country. Right. I was also hearing that, although I was even more hearing that all four were like, absolutely, we are not bringing Cal and Stanford. And I think the reason Cal and Stanford don't end up in the Big Ten is because all four of those schools were like, we are leaving to get away from the nerds. We specifically want to make this move to look to maintain academic excellence, which let's be real. The Pac-12 and the Big Ten were the only two Power Five conferences that continued to take academics at all seriously. Big 12 academics are an out loud joke. If you don't believe me, look at Oklahoma State. And yes, I am calling you out and I don't care. SEC academics have been a joke forever. When is the last time you heard, it a pa- heard of a paper published by one of those schools not named Vanderbilt? And ACC academics have always, it, that is a, that is wildly variant school topic. to school. Wildly variant school to school, but like Wake Forest is not sharing information, teachers, standards, etc. with Miami. That is not what's happening. Uh, and so Boston College, not not discussing the finer points of things with Florida State. The Pac-12, however, and, and what was weird is Stanford and Cal were the two shining jewels. And particularly Stanford, at least, especially, I think, was like, oh, this is the most serious academic school in the nation that even messes with Power 5 athletics. And then Cal being right across the bay and being, again, one of the finest institutions in the country that messes, that, that bothers. I mean, it was, it was, the, the caliber of the top of those education, uh, the, the caliber of education at the top of that conference as it was constructed was some of the finest Power 5 education in the country, which is why I think those other schools were like, well, no, that defeats the purpose. We want this to be seen as an overtly athletic move. This is not a merger. We want to be seen as the winners. We need losers. And I'm sure we'll get to this because there are two big losers, at least from my perspective, in the entire realignment process um, who are still technically meeting as the Pac-12, I understand. But like, and and one of them is near to Justin's heart, so I I will let him get there when he wants to. Yes. Yeah. So, so as you sort of alluded to, that you basically sort of led me into what my next question was going to be, and sort of answered that a bit. 
So how much of the lack of sadness and slash or excitement of these West Coast schools going to these new leagues is because, A, they weren't as happy in the Pac-12 as everyone would have assumed, or B, they're just really, really happy they're not Washington State or Oregon State. Mostly number two. It's important not to lose. It matters. It Honestly, it's just like on the field. It matters to win, but the more important part of winning is the fact that you're not losing. Oh, God, that's horrible. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's true. I, I, I don't know how else to put it, right? Yeah. Like, no, it, it's definitely true, but it's it's just so sad that basically an entire conference was destroyed with two schools in mind. In a sense, like, I get that uh if the Big Ten money wasn't what it was, UCLA and USC do not make that move. If it's not a clear line on graph go up, that it is. And that we're not even talking about this like that. But every school in the Big 12 who left, Cal Stanford to the ACC, and, you know, obviously the they're not taking them to the Big Ten, but what I'm saying is, those schools did not want Oregon State and Washington State to join them in their new conferences because I think they're, in their mind there had to be a loser or else we did this for nothing. Right. And that is just a horrifically bleak uh, truth that uh, exists in the sport. And uh, it's something that should make somebody somewhere who's involved in the process of these things, stop and go, what are we doing here? You know? Well, like, and all of it becomes a little bit like, stop me if you've heard this one before, because modern sports business is not about growth. Uh-oh, you just, you just made a face what happened on this play. Almost the sack, but not quite. Oh. He came in like a bat out of hell and then just absolutely did nothing with it. Oh my god, that was a strange football play. I'm so glad your face telegraphed that I needed to look at my phone. That was beautiful. Anyway, back to my, my economic treatise on, on, on sports business. Um, which is a really weird juxtaposition to a UTEP game. But, um, I would say like, sports is no longer about growth. Right. And I think broadly economics we have seen has de-emphasized meaningful growth and has instead emphasized self cannibalization and exploitation. It, it doesn't matter if the Oakland athletics build a better fan base in Oakland. That has no bearing at all on, on, you know, the caliber, the caliber of baseball has never mattered there. The caliber of player has never mattered there. Um, the caliber of fan and attendance has never mattered there. The, the reality is the Oakland Athletics only hold value because they can be moved. And these colleges are the exact same way. The only reason Cal holds value is because it could be somebody else's 
faux Michigan. The only reason that Washington holds value is because the Big Ten wants it. The supply demand between conferences, and that's the only reason that any team has value to its city that isn't the, on, on the professional sports level. Obviously, econ- like, you know, educational institutions have economic value to cities, but that's not what we're talking about. And I think that's been particularly bleak this time around. And I'm going to posit something that's going to make people angry, but you don't listen to the podcast, so it's fine. This is Nebraska's fault. This is Nebraska's fault. No, it is. It is. And I'm not going to give the whole, and I, I have alluded to it before, and I've heard people say it before, and I think that there's some truth to it, and I think there are some exaggerations. But what I will point out is this. When Nebraska moved to the Big Ten, there were voices within the institution who said, it is craven and ridiculous that the Big Ten would accept Nebraska because all of the other schools in the Big Ten are of a higher academic caliber. And there were people in Nebraska who said this, and there were people across the Big Ten who said this. Now, I don't think that's true, and I think it, it, it is no longer true especially. I don't think that we are the worst institution in the Big Ten. I am not out here to shit-talk my alma mater. But what I am here to say is... Nebraska went and got a certification that said, oh, look at us. We are such very smarty, smarty pants people that we had never cared about before. And we proved that you could make the academic value of an institution fungible in service of athletics. And we, as far as I know, are the only institution who has done that. Now, there have been smaller instances, sure, I'm sure someone's going to say, oh, well, Notre Dame was the first people to have lower academic requirements for their football players than it was, and sure, right? But in a very real program-transforming way, university-transforming way, we went out and said the quiet part out loud. We said athletics are much more important to us than academic fit as a conference. And I think the only reason that was able to be sold at Nebraska was because it was an academic upgrade and not an academic downgrade. But if you look at Cal and Stanford right now, what they have said is everyone else values athletics so much that we have to downgrade our own standing and because our conference isn't going to exist. And it's not exactly a power research conference and a power arts conference if you have Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, Washington State, and Idaho. You have the freaking big sky, yeah. right? If You know, again, no shade to the big sky. I am living on a big sky campus as we speak. Love that conference. Oh, Did you watch Big I, Sky after dark last week? It was brilliant. All Big Sky games are beautiful. Um, I understand that they are technically my beloved Aggies' fierce rival, but Sacramento State is such a fun game. I love them. I love them. (laughs) Oh, dude, you really got to come out here for a game. I feel like you would absolutely love it. Just in the nick of time, reporting live from a Big Sky game would be clutch. I I have no doubt in my mind if I had infinite time to devote to things – I would enjoy FCS football pretty much the same as I enjoy FBS football. At least as, like, the group of five levels. I think you would enjoy it more. Yeah. 
Because I, I think it is a little bit off and a little bit more anything can happen. You know, Vanderbilt is probably not going to beat Georgia. Anyone in the big sky could beat anyone in the big sky. Yes. Which was kind of the Pac-12's whole whole spiel for a while there. Thank you for bringing me back, but that's yeah, true. To, to loop that background, you went a very different place than I was expecting you to go when you said this is Nebraska's fault. And these presented an argument I don't have a counter for. So, good <laughs> on you. Good on you. I don't... I, I think that... Uh, maybe I'm a Nebraska-centric person and there are better examples of this, but certainly Nebraska contributes when it says the academics of this don't matter. I, I think that, like, a lot of the big, other big moves have been Big 12 to SEC, which I see as functionally similar conferences on an academic level. Yeah, because they uh, got the Red River schools and then Mizzou. Which, I mean... Again, Mizzou has a great journalism school. Uh, I'm I'm sure that the Red River schools have excellent beef judging teams. Now that's Texas of... Tech and K State's territory. You don't that's mess true. with those K- schools in meat judging. I think A and M's pretty good at meat judging too. Mmm, mmm, that makes sense. Um, Davis Davis, I think, is known for like equestrian. That would make sense. Their logo is a horse. They're, yeah, the Mavericks. Although no one calls them that. Um, one of you want a fun fact about UC Davis? The answer to that question is always going to be yes. Okay, so UC Davis is particularly excited because it is the only other school in the UC system that gets to call itself in any way Cal. So Cal Berkeley's full name is Cal Berkeley nickname, right? It, the University of California at Berkeley, but their nickname is Cal Berkeley. Davis is Cal Aggie. Wow. Because it's Cal Agricultural School. So UCLA can't call itself Cal. UC Hastings can't call itself Cal. The only two schools that can call themselves Cal are UC Davis and Cal Berkeley. How about that? That's fascinating. Okay, I someday, when I am old and gray, and I have written all the books I want to about interesting things, I will sit down and write a book about the California like university system. Because as a person who had one flagship university, and their whole, like, and, like, nominally gave Kearney and Omaha, like, university, but we don't function as a university system. Like, an actual university system fascinates me. It's wild for my little Midwestern mind. And this is no shade to the Lopers or the, what the hell are you, the Mavericks? Shade to the Mavericks. Yeah. Uh, but I know you cover the Lopers, and this is not shade, and if we have any no. Loper leaders, no, like, it's a great university. It's just in no way connected to, like, NU. You are not NU in the way that Davis is UC. Yeah. No, it, it was a rather late connection, because it was still called Kearney State until the 90s when things happened. I don't have a complete timeline of that, so I'm not going to embarrass myself by trying to to represent it. But given what I know, yeah, it it was not originally part of the Nebraska system. It got backdoored in later, and I assume the Cal system is much, much different than that. 
that is also my understanding, or the beginning or beginning. Because the beginning is like Aristotle, and sometimes it becomes difficult to disentangle things from there. So, um, like, I'm being facetious, but, like, sometimes it's like, well, there was a college technically there, but, like, they bought all the buildings, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, uh, point is, boy, oh, boy, the UC system is interesting. That was a fun little addendum in that yeah. we're going all kinds of places with this episode. You, I just you've think- got one minute left, and you said something I want to circle back to is – after you've written the books that you want to write about interesting things, uh, you have less than one minute. Pitch your books to the audience in the future. What books are you going to write? Oh my God. You can't, you can't do this to me. You have 30 uh, seconds, Nick. Go. The American effort to support Irish reunification, uh, over the years, the, um, nature of state schools and why, uh, state schools as a concept exist uh the nature of private education and regulation around it and the lack thereof an entire book just on homeschooling alone and its ties to christian fundamentalism i could like seriously please give me a book deal give me a book deal. i can keep going i can make full elevator pitches for each of these like i i i just there's so many weird interesting crannies of this country that deserve deserve books books and crannies that's that's what this segment's called Whoa, that'd be a publishing name for the game. Getting this train back on the tracks. Uh No, I'm actively against getting back on the track. I, I was thinking about this during the break. There have been so many. Like, oh, what's his name? Ari Wasserman at The Athletic yeah. has done enough hand-wringing and hair-pulling and sackcloth and ashes. I, I don't think... That the world needs more. It's fine for us to have our personal, like, we are sad about this. Like, we're both sad about realignment. But at a certain point, especially coming out this late, it's like, freaking, it is what it is. Are you going to stop watching the sport? No, you're not. Especially if they pay you to watch it. So don't give me that crap. Let's all just move on. And if you are going to stop watching the sport, do me a favor and start doing it six months early. I don't want to hear your, not even six months. It's like, Two months at this point. No, finish this season. St- I respect anybody who well, stopped okay, watching after stop- this year. I, I, I'm not. That's with fine. Them. Yeah, but that's I, 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 I'm not going to do it. But I, if somebody actually commits to that, good on you. You believe something and you stood on it. You know, that's a dub. Yeah, and, and I guess I can't. Follow- that's a good point. But I think we are united in saying, if you're saying you're going to stop watching and you're not going to do it, we don't want you to talk. Yeah. So, this is the kind of thing where in the Middle Ages, they would have punished it by removal of the tongue. <laughs> yeah. So just t- two small little lightning round things uh, that are relatively recent in this realignment thing. The future Big Ten schedules got released. And uh like... I believe these are the two teams, correct? Uh, USC's not playing Oregon in the first year. What on earth are we doing here? You're, you're right there. Like, why? <laughs> what, we're minimizing. Like, let, let me tell you what it is. We're minimizing the amount of times that some announcer can say, last year, this would have been a Pac-12 game. <laughs> Which, yes, would have been annoying for the fans, but much worse for the conference would have been like, <gasps> We're reminding people of the past. We're, when you step into, okay, I'm getting way too like literary about this, but I've had too long to think about realignment. 
in Aldous Huxley's Brave New World. Holy frick. <laughs> the reason it becomes a dystopia is because people are not allowed to reference the past. And all record of the past is then slowly erased. In a brave new college football world, we want to minimize the amount of USC-Oregon matchups we can possibly have. I promise you, it will be years before any of these schools schedule each other non-conference. And the the reason for that, the reason for that is because every time you've seen, say, Nebraska schedule non-conference Colorado, what does Husker Twitter say the entire rest of the week? It's it's member berries from South Park all over. Remember Tom Osborne? Like, remember the the good old days? Like, that's the whole the whole Twitter conversation for. Yeah, it's, it's almost like what that's what the sport's been built on its entire life. But exactly. you know, that's hand wringing. That's hand wringing. We said we weren't gonna do that, but yeah, no, I get it. Like, you, you definitely made sense. You, you were spitting facts with that that reference. And it took Nebraska almost a decade to schedule teams out of conference too. So no reason it's not going to happen again. Like I think maybe the Apple Cup, uh, Washington Wazoo will survive. I think both schools have hinted that they want to keep that going. I think everything else is dead for the foreseeable future, which makes Washington State's recent struggles just sting so much because there's going to be no chance to get revenge on UCLA or Arizona. Unless you somehow meet in a bowl game, like maybe ever. Like, I don't know if these teams are ever going to want to see each other again after the season. And I believe, I believe in a 2027 Apple Cup. I don't believe in a 2030 Apple Cup because if Washington, well, okay, you know what? Once we're done with the circle backs, we should have a further conversation about where this is all really headed. Right. Unless that was the second lightning round that needs to be meaningfully addressed, uh, if nothing else, because it'll make us look smart in 10 years. But it's super obvious. But more than that, like even in a world where things are not that radically different, it very quickly doesn't make sense for uh, Washington to play what is functionally an FCS school. Which is where it's all headed. Yeah. That's very bleak, but again, kind of, kind of in reality. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe the Apple Cup happens every year in like week three when they could have played McNeese State. Yeah. That, that's kind of but what's like, happened with all these revival rivalry games. Like the backyard brawl is now a opening week, uh, or, you know, opening three weeks thing. When Kansas and Missouri finally get back together for the border war in two years. That's going to be an early season thing. Yeah. You know? The border war only matters in basketball now. And like, granted, that was always a basketball rivalry, but, but Kansas it's... is good now. So like, hopefully that's, I believe that's going to have so much juice in it when it gets back. Cause that's what the backyard brawl did over a decade away. Neither Pitt nor West Virginia were anything to write home about last year, but that game had so much juice from each side when they stepped on the, on the field. That's true. Hell, even Mizzou K-State from this year, like, Mizzou rushed the field after beating K-State. 
Like, do you think they do that for Mississippi State, even if Mississippi State was 15th ranked like K-State was? No. Like, these teams in, these schools intuitively understand that they're going to miss each other when they leave, which is why they never want to see them again. Let's discuss where it's all headed. I, like, there's a certain level of do I have to say it, but as a Prem fan, Super League. Yes. Obviously. Obviously. To NFL D-League, completely, like, in, in certain aspects of this, like, again, I want to be as thoughtful and subversive and not the boring narrative about this as we can be. Aspects of that will be good. No way you have a Super League without the cover of a few good press items, including actually paying players, not NIL, but actually paying players their market value. I think that that has to happen for a Super League to work. And lots of old Blue Blood matchups. We will get not just like Michigan, Ohio State every year, but like the the quality of football will rise. There will be more fun games, and there will be less need for a big playoff. And a big playoff could end up being pretty boring football. We've all had that conversation time and time again about playoff expansion, which we both support. Yes, right. Because I, I, I don't good. see the big playoff going away with the Super League, given just the structure of the sport is going to incentivize the create you know money over all else and uh an expanded playoff will get money like there's a reason why every pro sport's been expanding its postseason baseball's had a real weird discourse with that this year if, if we want to touch on that <laughs> but anyways yeah i don't see that the postseason shrinking in an in a super league format given that even if the results aren't what they are uh no sports league has exactly been concerned with uh are we potentially getting teams that don't deserve to be in the playoffs in the playoffs as of recently? And to borrow something that somebody else wrote again, uh, Roger Sherman of the ringer had a, a fabulous metaphor, uh, where he talked about how in biology, there are several crustaceans like species that look like crabs, but are not related because evolution just likes making things crabs. So his metaphor mm. was if you follow the money, everything becomes a crab and that crab in this case is the NFL or a professional sports structure. Given that college football was so unlike that for so long, eventually if it continues to evolve, which the sport has always done, that's part of the linear passage of time. It was going to become a crab and it was only a matter of when, not if. And now I think that's next question too, is when is the super league going to be formed and who is in it? That's the, those are the two questions left. The actual structure of the Super League does not really compel me to think about as much, given that I don't think that's as big of a question as uh when and who. I think if if we know those two things, and not Nebraska. I hope not Nebraska. I think maybe Nebraska, but I hope not. Wait, so oh, this is interesting. This is interesting. You hope Nebraska is not in the Super League? Nope. Like if we're the only reason I could see myself getting on board with Nebraska being in this is like if Matt Rule gets us to uh 
not just Bo Pelini good, but, like, good, good. Like, the well, next step you could never a... take. Like, actual peaking to what this program's potential is, if not exceeding it. To a point where we could compete for the biggest prize in the sport every year. Or, I, I think, or at least I close think... to it. Because if not, then I'd much rather be with the teams that don't make it in. Because if we're that good and we make it in, the teams we're going to be playing that uh, have any familiarity to us are like Ohio State, Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas, and Penn State. And that's pretty much it. And I'd much rather play the old Big 8 and Big 10 West, a combination of those opponents every year, for a much lower prize in a league that doesn't have a true alpha or because again, like if you put the big eight back sands, Oklahoma and these programs continue on their trajectories that they're going on, that's a solid decade without an alpha in the conference. And that would be incredibly fun. That's the version of college football I like, and I would have way more fun following it that way, given that I, you know, I think Matt Rule's the right man for the job. He's done nothing to dissuade me from that. I don't think he's going to have us competing for the top prize in the sport. More likely than not, he won't. So I, I, I think he'll get us to being very, very good. But I don't think that the way things are currently set up, a uh, national title, is he'd have to punch above his weight to do that. And I'm okay with him not doing that. And if we mm-hmm. get into a league with you know, half old Big Ten West, half old Big Eight, I think we could be the best in that league every year under Matt Rule. And I think that would be a very happy experience as a fan to be in. Okay, I have a couple more things. And then I think this is actually a good stopping point for this pod because we went Do you want to get the chiropractor it. story in? No, that'll be that'll be a Patreon exclusive, and by that I mean call me sometime and I'll tell you it. Uh, I'll, I'll add it to but, the future segments that we we're gonna get to. We're getting to it. That's enough pod callback. There's so much that we're getting to. There's so much that we're getting to. So here's here's what I'll say. Um, two things. One, I think you're in the vast majority of Husker fans, or vast minority of Husker fans. Yes. I mean. Um, there are very few of you out there on that issue. Husker fans will stop caring and it will be a meaningful loss of state pride if NU is not playing for national championships every year. Um, I understand that we're not playing for national championships in anything but name now. But the fact that technically, technically, there is no reason we won't win it in 2025 is why people will show up in 2024. And the fact that we could win it in 2030 is the only reason that people will show up in 2024. Because based on the quality, the thing is, There's a there's an old quote that's like, if you're king for a day, you will remember what it is like to be king for the rest of your life, and you will never be able to live as yourself again. And that is Nebraska football in the 90s versus Nebraska football today. We are the junkie looking for one more hit. Uh, I saw recently, I think it was 
Barstool did a hit uh, at when they when they came and visited the Michigan game. Like, what would you do for uh, a, a national title? Um, and granted, we've had six of them, which is more than the vast majority of schools. Thanks for giving us and an extra. People one. said, "What do you mean? We claim six, don't we?" No, we we claim five. Seventy, seventy-one, ninety-four, ninety-five, ninety-seven. I forgot there were only two in the seventies. That's right. Yeah, right. We claim five. My bad. My bad. We've we done it five. Could claim more. Looking at some other teams' claim histories, I'm looking at you, Bama. But like, you know, we don't. Yeah. So we claim we claim the five. Yeah. And where was I headed with this? Yeah, people were like selling firstborn children, like genuinely being like you could break all my bones you could take out my teeth like it's it's craven it's depressing it's like worrisome for certain people's mental health i'm gonna be candid but like what i'm saying is if you took that away at least for our parents generation it's over and if it's over for our parents generation who if you've looked around memorial stadium are the vast majority of fans willing to spend the requisite money i mean nebraska is an empire in decline it's time the fan base starts talking about that we're taking out twenty thousand seats yeah that's a good decision i'm not saying it's a bad decision it's a brilliant decision trev alberts is the smoothest business hand we've had in that position i i I don't know when the hell, but you are not a good team. You're not a meaningful program. You are not headed in the right direction if you are taking out 20,000 seats. Yeah. I'm, I'm against that, but that's just my personal philosophy about stadiums is that uh, if they're not legitimately unsafe to be them, to be and leave them alone, bad stadiums build character. How about focus on the game? Look at Europe. You know, those fans are crazier than anything. And, uh, you know. Um, Justin, I can't bring myself to watch this team most weeks. If I was still in Lincoln, I would be begging for Memorial Stadium to give me anything to focus on but the game. Not to mention, if you want to have a stadium that big in that prime real estate in Lincoln, Nebraska in 20 years, when you haven't made a bowl game in... 15 of those 20 years at least because this conference is getting harder. There's no way we're getting to six wins next year with that schedule unless rule is transformative, which we both said we don't think he is. Uh, I do have actually a schedule pulled up if we want to prognosticate future schedule. No, we are not. We, we have plenty. Indiana, Illinois, Rutgers, Purdue. Utah, year in, year out in the new Big next. Ten, it's going to be harder to. That's a bull if we get all those. <laughs> but I'm saying, but it's getting harder. It's getting harder in the new Big Ten to make to make a bull than it was in the Big Ten last. Yeah. But like, so I, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, if you want to justify having that stadium for a bad team, you need to start having more concerts. You can't have Garth Brooks once every 20 years. And if you're going to start having more concerts, you need to have bathrooms that don't literally remind people of where barn animals piss. That's character. I get what you're saying. I really do. You're, you're, you're right from a practical standpoint on this. This is just my own personal hangups, which is like, it's fine. I enjoyed the time I spend there. I, in the stands, I don't see anything wrong with it. 
and like, oh, you don't want to pay attention to the game. Well, uh, hope you know, hopefully this we, that's just more motivation for you to demand a team that makes you want to do that. And if this, is, and I think that we have been just so bad for so long that uh, we'll enjoy that when we get it more than I think we realize. I, I think you're right, but I also think that if demanding that a team be good uh, was, like, at all a factor in how it good that team is... It shouldn't work that way, you're correct. Well, I'm saying that if it was a factor, Nebraska would have won 10 national titles. Oh, yeah. People demand greatness in Lincoln. It doesn't matter because no one's listening. Yeah. Good, good line. But like, yeah. Thank you. I felt good after that one. It kind of rang in your head like a good drive. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like to piggyback off my last point, uh, I don't think we'll know how much fun we we would have in that league until it's Mm -hmm. actually made. Like, I don't think we know what we want is the thing. Like, I think let's say even if it's not the national title, which I think there still might be a I'm not completely uh against there being an uh, not against. I don't think that the door is completely shut on there being an outside way for a team not in the Super League to win a national title. I mm. you know I think that, you know, teams like Nebraska can get re- ran or like Utah or TCU or whoever can get randomly really good and maybe, you know, the viewership will want to see that matchup and it, so shall it be written, so shall it be done. But then again, I don't know. That's part of the function, which I don't think is the important question right now. But let's just say, even if it's not for the big prize, Nebraska, Iowa with a championship on the line. You're telling me we're not going to get excited for that. Nebraska, you know, yeah, I am. Missouri. I am title on the line. That's going to be really fun because no. we'll know these, we know these fans. We'll, we've been in the same boat with them multiple times before. Hell, the, you know, aside from Wisconsin, I don't think any of the Big Ten West is going to make it. And I think that we, again, familiarity is sort of the lifeblood of what makes the nostalgia of the sport run. And playing teams you're familiar with again and again, these games have some sort of established meaning. And I think that that meaning doesn't go away when you change the outcome of the sport. Like, you know, it's something I've sort of gone back to in, in my little side characters pieces. The season is like, it's not the big story. Isn't what matters. Like Louisville basically getting itself out of the playoff this week by losing to a terrible pit team doesn't make rushing the field after beating a mediocre Notre Dame team any less sweet. That was a great mm-hmm. night for your program in a great game. Yes, okay. part of that being great was that, oh, we're 6-0. and Hypothetically, a playoff run is still possible. But when they look back on that game years from now, they're not going to think, oh, but we didn't win the title. We didn't. It's going to be, that was a very fun night. And I think that that's what the sport is based on is those very fun nights. And I think those very fun nights will be the on-field product of getting left behind in the Super League. 
with teams that you're familiar with and have those years of history with and have a chance to claim supremacy over them. Because, you know, that's basically all I want from this team anymore is to be in contention for the best out of the four, uh, the quadrant of Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Nebraska. If we're not the best or close to it, I think, you know, something's not right in this program. I, I think that we don't know what we want. And I think that uh once those stakes are presented in front of people, they will enjoy it because we don't have shit else in this state. What are you going to do? Not watch? If you weren't going to watch the Huskers, you would have stopped way before that. So this is my message to the Super League commissioners that are undoubtedly listening to it. Unless Nebraska is such an obvious pick by the time it rolls around, leave us behind. I think it will benefit the oh. both of us. Yeah, that's uh, that's big words, but I, I see where you're coming from. All right, man. Yep. Good pod. Catch you later. Yep. We'll get to it. We'll get to everything we'll get else. To it. We'll, we'll get, get to it. it. All right. See you later. See ya.